0: Well, good morning. He is, risen. Yes. he is risen. He is risen. Much better. It was a lot nicer when we were out this morning, early in the morning, and we get to say that and we get to yell it. Well, I was yelling it. Um, after a while, the people were caught on that that's what I wanted to hear. But that's That's an amazing statement, isn't it? And that statement speaks of Christ. And it speaks of life. Because it's not speaking of the fact that someone is like getting up from a a sitting position. They're raising up from sitting. It's not speaking about one who would be lying in a lying down position that he is risen. No, it speaks of the fact that someone has risen from the dead. And that someone is Jesus. It is Jesus alone who has conquered or has overcome death. He has overcome death indeed. He has overcome death to be sure. Without a doubt, he has overcome death. It is undeniable that he has overcome death. But not only indeed, that is to say... To be sure, without a doubt, undeniably. But indeed. Indeed. Jesus has overcome death. He has risen indeed. He did it in action. <laughs> he put it to action. He has is, he is risen from the dead. He accomplished this feat of resurrecting from the dead and nobody else could ever do that. There's no way that anybody... Could make that possible, make it happen. But Jesus did. He is risen. He is risen indeed, right? He indeed, it, it, to be sure, but also in action. Resurrecting from the dead is not simply just coming back to life, it's not like resuscitation. No, it means overcoming. It means overcoming death so that you do not die anymore. Those who are resurrected or those who are resuscitated will have to die again. But those who are resurrected will never die again. They are raised to life because Christ overcame death, He is risen. Uh, you'll get it this next time. He is risen. Yes. He is risen indeed. There you go. So, because He lives, He also gives life. Because He is the giver of life, because He is alive today, He gives life to other people. But He only gives life to those who ask for it. We're talking about eternal life here. Eternal life just does not happen in somebody's life. They have to. Ask for it. It just doesn't come to them. Oh, it's offered, but they have to receive it, the Bible says. And I want to give you that opportunity at the end of the service. That if you do not have eternal life right now, and you know that at the end of the service, I want to give you that opportunity, because Jesus is here to give you life, and give you eternal life. The Bible tells us in John 11, 25 and 26, as Jesus goes to the tomb of his friend Lazarus, who had, been, who had died. And he, he's talking to uh, Lazarus' sister, Martha. And he says this to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus, says. Do you believe this? We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke this morning for a bit, so you can make your way over to the Gospel of Luke. If you don't have a Bible with you, I'm sure somebody next to you that brought one will be more than glad to, to share it with you. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Or not, yeah, I'm sorry, Luke. Sorry. I don't know why I say Matthew. We are in Luke, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, 24, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the, the stone roll away from the tomb. Then they went in, And did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they, the angels, said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. It was really early in the morning, 2,000 years ago or so, much like an early morning like we had this morning at the sunrise service, I mean, as we were there, it, it, we start at 6 o'clock, it's already beginning to come up at about 6.15, the sun begins to peak up over the mountains over here, it begins to peak up, it was an awesome time. I wanted to have like sun coming up in here so you guys can experience that, but it just wouldn't be the same. But it was probably even earlier than that, that morning. When, when, when they could barely begin to see the light, that the darkness is going away, that they started preparing and getting ready. You see, everything had been done in haste the day Jesus died. And Jesus was buried, and it wasn't a proper burial. And these women, they wanted to go and give Jesus a proper burial. They needed to. But on that day, man, everything just happened so quickly. And the next day would be the Sabbath day and nobody could do anything. And I'm sure they were grieving, they were hurting. People are going about their business, doing whatever they're doing. But these women, they just cannot wait to go give Jesus a proper burial. And so it would be the first day of the week. The only opportunity, the first opportunity that they would have to go and do this. And they were not going to waste any time. And it would be very early in the morning, super early in the morning. Before the hustle and bustle starts up in Jerusalem. You see, again, like I shared last week, there's probably over a million people in the Jerusalem area. They had come from all over the place to celebrate the Passover. And most of those people didn't go home that Friday evening. They stayed until the Sabbath and they couldn't travel on the Sabbath. So on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, You know, we normally have days off on Sunday mornings. We don't start our week until Monday. But Sunday is the first day of the week. And those people would begin to start doing their jobs, their work. People would be starting to head home. So everything was going to get moving and bustling and and, and all that kind of stuff. And so the women decided, we need to go do this. Everybody else, life is getting back to normal to them. But for these women who are headed to the tomb, how could life ever get back to normal their leader, their friend, is dead. And life could never get back to normal for them. They're heartbroken. They're going through it. And I really don't think that these women totally understood all the logistics that had gone on on Friday after Jesus' death. When they went and they put him in the tomb, they didn't realize all the plans that were being made or had been made in in, in order to put a regiment over there of of military people to surround the the, the tomb where Jesus was at. They were giving strict orders. They put a seal, a Roman seal over it that nobody could open it. These guys were not about to go against this Roman order. And these women were going to make their way over there. And and to them, it's like nothing was going to stop them. That's how most women are, man. If they want to go do something, nothing's (laughs) going to stop them. And these ladies are no exception. Oh, they had thought about it. It tells us in another gospel. They did think about, man, who's going to roll the stone away for us? But be that as it may, they're going to make their way over to the tomb. And somehow, they're getting into that tomb. They have ways of doing that. And they were going to get in. Well, lo and behold, God knew that these women would be the first ones at this tomb that morning. You see, these ladies, more than likely these ladies, were the last ones to leave the cross where Jesus was hanging. They were so devoted to Christ. That was their friend. That was their leader. They looked up to him. They loved him. And there was no way that they were just going to leave while he was still on the cross. No, they waited until he got taken down. And they seen where they went to go bury him. And they thought, we will be back as soon as we can. And God had gone before them. You see, that's what God always does. He always goes before us. Whenever we're struggling, whenever we know that, God, Lord, there's something that I need to do for you, for Jesus. And Jesus says, I will go before you. I will take care of it. And so here we have that the stone has already been rolled away because it tells us that when they came, they found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. And they expected to find the Lord Jesus, their friend, to be dead. That's who they were going to find in there, a dead friend. And believe it or not, they were okay with that. They had seen him die. They knew what had happened. They weren't expecting to go there and find some kind of living person. There's no way. They weren't expecting to find any kind of living being there. They saw where they had buried him. They knew that he was dead. and you, You can imagine that they were not expecting, as they got to the tomb, to the cemetery there, they weren't expecting to hear anybody. And yet... Somebody begins to speak to them. And and it says that they were perplexed. In other words, they, they could not wrap their head around this whole thing. Especially with what they're about to hear. This angel speaks to them and says, Why do you seek the living among the dead? What this literally means is, he says... Why are you looking among the dead ones for the living one? Why are you looking for the, the living one here among the dead? It, it, it almost sounds like, like this, these angels were surprised that they even showed up. Why would you? Their they're thinking is like he told you that he would raise from the dead three days. Why are you even here? When you go to a cemetery, when you go to a tomb like that, that's where you find dead people. You're not going to find living people there. They're dead. And the angels begin to remind them of what Jesus had already told them. That He would rise on the third day. You see, in in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, it tells us whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. You see, death could not hold Jesus. The wages of sin is death. Jesus did not have any sin. Oh, he took the sin of the world upon him, but he himself had never sinned. And so it was not possible that sin could hold him. Sin had to give him back. There was no way the scriptures tell us that he would see corruption or decay. And so sin or death had no power over him. It had to. It couldn't keep him in the grave. It would have been impossible for that to ever happen. The angel tells him he is not here. In other words, why would you be here if he is not here? The living wouldn't be hanging out with the dead. Why are you here? He is alive. Which brings us to the resurrection. Again, Jesus said this in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me... Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That question lingers. Do you believe this? Jesus asks. If you are a believer here today, you need to believe this. If, if you have come to Christ, you need to understand the resurrection. Because the resurrection is the proof that you are totally forgiven for your sins. That is the proof, the resurrection. You need to understand this. You need to believe this. Because anyone can say that they will die for your sins. Anybody can say that. Anybody can say, tell you, hey, I'm here to die for your sins, and they die. But how will you ever really know that they truly died for your sins without some kind of proof? Because anybody can say that. Without real proof, you cannot prove that that person died for your sins. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof that your sins are forgiven. You can bank on that. You can take that to the bank. You can live your life as if your sins are forgiven. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because of what we're, we're, we're experiencing today and celebrating today, you can walk in the newness of life. Because there is proof. He resurrected. So if you believe this, if you believe this, you can or you should be living, walking and experiencing the resurrected life today as a believer. You should be experiencing this. This should be going on in your life. Because He lives, we live. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 6 for the remainder of our time here. uh, uh, Romans chapter 6. What we see here is if you identify with Christ in his death, then we are also to identify with Christ in the resurrection. And so Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 to verse 10 It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that the old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died is free, freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Jesus did not go through all that he went through so that we can stay the same. He he, he didn't go through all of this to where when we receive him, we continue to live in our sin. He freed us from sin. He died on the cross to forgive us. He resurrected us to prove that he has forgiven us and we can live in the newness of life. Guys, he did not come, he did not die, he did not forgive, so that he can make you a better person. He died so you can be a new person. Old things are passed away. The Bible tells us that in one Corinthians or two Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Galatians two twenty says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live." But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He didn't come to make you better. He came to make you new. He says, hey, crucify your flesh and let me live through you. Totally different. Totally different. We are to definitely identify ourselves with Christ in his death and burial. Because it is there that we see Jesus taking our sins and paying the price. He paid the price that we could never pay. And our sins were done away with in burial. That's how we identify with Christ. To know that again, he has paid the price, he has done away with our sins. But see, in, in, in death and burial, there is no newness of life. That would not be much of a gospel, if that's where it finished. That Jesus came, and He died, and He was buried. End of story. That would not be much of a gospel. There would be no good news there. Oh, you would feel like, well, at least my sins are forgiven, I think. That would be all we have. You know, in in order for the gospel, the good news to be complete, there has to be resurrection. That is what brings hope. And that is what brings the newness of life. And we get to walk in that. Again, Jesus didn't go through through the death, burial, and resurrection so we could still be in the same state He found us in. No, He wants to make us brand new. We are expected, because of what he went through, we are expected to walk in the newness of life. Because we have been made new. Not better. Brand new. When Jesus resurrected, it wasn't the same as being resuscitated back to life. No, he was completely different. His body was different. There was a new form. Oh, he still had the, 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 the prints and the scars and all that. He will have that for eternity to remind us of what he has done. But he was doing crazy stuff in his body, man. He was coming in and out. He was going into places and leaving and it's like, where would he go? He didn't do that while he was here on earth like that. He had a different form to him. He was glorified. He was resurrected. He would not die ever again. He lives forever. The Bible tells us that we are regenerated when we come to Christ. Not new and improved, <laughs> regenerated. Which means that our, the sinful nature that we once had is now changed. It's not the same. He has changed it. He is now new. He is born again. And because of that, the believer who is born again is enabled, is permitted to respond to God in faith because he has been made new, resurrected. That's what the resurrection is all about. He's made us new. There's a quote from a book called The Gospel According to Grace by Pastor Chuck Smith. It says, If I want forgiveness for my sins, I must see Christ on the cross dying for me. If I want power over sin in my life, I must see myself crucified and raised again with Him. See, we see Jesus... On the cross and we say he, he, he died for my sins. But if I need that power, that, that resurrected power, I must see myself crucified and, and, and raised again with him. And we have that opportunity because, guys, we have the choice as believers. We have the choice to either walk in the old man that, that takes control of us and leads us, or we can walk in the newness of life. Because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Because we have been risen in the likeness of his resurrection. Because he lives, we live. It tells us here in Romans, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, either that statement is true or it is not. It's not saying that we will never sin. It's just saying that we are freed from the power of sin that once held us down. That once held us back. We have power over that. We no longer are slaves to sin, the Bible tells us here in Romans 6. We are free. Because He lives, we live. And we can walk in the newness of life. And then it says, now if or since He died... Because we are in Christ and we identify with Christ, we believe that whatever is written about Him pertains to us. Because if we are in Him, whatever goes for Him goes for us, because we find ourselves in Christ. If we identify in His death, then it is no only natural that we identify in His resurrection. Because he lives, we live. If you are with us this morning and you are not a Christian and you know that. You know that you are not in Christ. You've never given yourself to him like those who may have invited you to come this morning. You know that they are Jesus freaks and you are not. Which is okay. (laughs) They just like go full bore. Oh, crazy. But that's okay. They've invited you to come. And maybe you're here this morning to satisfy them, but God wanted to meet you here this morning. He brought you for a different reason. He wanted to meet up with you. And Jesus is inviting you to identify yourself with him in his death and burial. He wants to forgive you of your sin. And he wants to cast your sins away bury them, get rid of them. Because if you have sin in your life right now, and you know that you've been struggling with it, you know that it needs to be dealt with, Oh, you may have tried to deal with it on your own, and you still come up short, you still come up empty, you still feel like, oh, I can't get rid of this. And there's always that constant battle within you. You see, you can't deal with your sin. Jesus did. He's already done that. That's what the cross is all about. He took your sins on the cross for you. You can't deal with your own sin. He's already dealt with it. But you know what? You have to come to Him to receive it. He also wants you this morning to identify with Him in His resurrection. He wants you to have a new resurrected life so that you can walk in that victory, in that freedom, in that liberty that He wants you to walk in. He's already dealt with your sin. You just have to acknowledge Him. Again, He didn't come to make you better. He came to make you new. So if you receive this, you who know you are not in Christ right now, if you receive this and believe this, you too can walk and live and experience a resurrected life today. Because he lives, you can live. Man, we get, we get to experience that. Those people that you think that are a little crazy because they're walking in the newness of life and going, what is up with you? You too can walk in that newness of life to where people are tripping on you. Going, what happened? It's like, well, believe it or not. I went to this Easter thing. And this preacher boy up there said I could have this new life. You can experience this new life. And I want to give you that opportunity. Because He is our risen Savior. This, this, this is what Romans 8, 11 says. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the Spirit who dwells in you. God is willing to come into your life. He says, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will now live in you and give life to you. You can experience that, that life today because of who He is, because of what He's done, because of what we're celebrating here today. As believers, man, let us continue to glorify the Lord. Let us continue to walk and, and, and to live and experience the resurrected life. People, if you're a Christian, be walking in victory. He's given you that victory. That Spirit that raised Christ from the dead has been living in you, walking in. He is the risen Lord and He lives in us. And so this morning... Jesus is inviting those who do not know him to have this resurrected life. Christian, you already have that. If you're here and you don't have that, I want to give you that opportunity and he will make you new. You know, the the worship team is going to come up in just a little bit. And they're going to sing this last song and then we're done. But I'm going to close in prayer. And I want to give you that opportunity that I talked to you about in the beginning of the service. That maybe you're here. And maybe that came in is like, well, going to give me an opportunity? Yeah, right now. As, as we begin to pray, you Christians, you pray as well. For those who are here, because there might be people here who don't know Christ. They were invited, and, and today, guys, today is your day. That God wants to make you new. He wants to make you a new creation. And so we're going to close in prayer, and I'm just going to ask you to do something simple as we're praying. And so let's pray right now and then we'll get to that. Father in heaven, right now, we want to bless you. We want to thank you, Lord. As we get together to experience this glorious day. Lord, we've been singing about the, the victory. We've been, we've been just hearing from your word how you are risen. You are not dead. And we glorify you, Lord. We, we have victory in you because of who you are. Because you live, we get to live. And Father, I just pray your blessing upon those who already know you. But right now, Father, please capture the hearts of those who don't. And at this moment, I want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to ask you to come on up. I just want you right there where you're sitting. And maybe God has been speaking to you, ministering to you. I just want you to raise your hand and I just want to pray for you. That's all I want to do. And if you need a Bible, if you need some material, if you want to know more about Jesus, then, then we will get that to you right on anybody else i don't want to speed this up i see your hand anybody, anybody else god invited you god brought you see your hand back there anybody else what a glorious day today today when we celebrate the the risen lord you can go back to that day and say that's the day i asked jesus into my life and my life has never been the same. Anybody else? I just want to give you that opportunity, man. I'm saved already. I have, I, have, I have salvation. And I'm good. But I don't want you to miss it. Father, right now, I want to pray for those who, who raised their hand, Lord. Father, I pray that God, right now, you would just make them new. Lord, they they, they raise their hand to acknowledge that this is what they need in their life. And Lord, I don't know if there's other people who are struggling that just didn't feel like, oh, I don't know if I could. But Lord, you know their hearts. You know where they're at. And I just pray that these who, who raised their hand this morning, that God, you would meet them right where they're at, Lord. That Lord, they would begin to experience the newness of life. That they would understand as they ask for forgiveness of their sins, that they have been made clean. And we celebrate that resurrected life. And so, Lord, now they have proof because of Jesus rising from the dead that they are forgiven. Help them to walk in that, Lord. And so, Father, we just bless you and thank you for those throughout the morning who has already come to you, Lord God. We pray your blessing on them. Lord, use the other Christians that maybe have invited them that are around them to minister to them and lift them up, Lord. We thank you, Father, for that awesome work that you have done this morning. God, I pray that you would go with us as we go to our families, as we hang out. Lord, please, Lord God, that we would never forget that we have resurrected life. That because you live, we live in you. And we can experience victory day in and day out. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty, who has come to give us life. We praise you and we honor you. And we magnify the holy name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.